Hi, my name is Hunter Groves and I am a senior at Pace Academy. Hear these words from Holy Scripture from Genesis 32, 22 to 32. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. But Jacob said, please tell me your name. And he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon to the, attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My name is Mason Drinkard, and I am a senior at Mount Bethel Christian Academy. I've been going there since eighth grade, and before that, I went to Griffin Middle School in King Springs Elementary School. My brother Powell, who is in ninth grade, is also at Mount Bethel, and my parents are Shelby and Ronnie Drinkard, and they have been attending this church for about 17 or so years now. In fact, they found out about this church by attending Carlton's baptism. Carlton, as some of you may know, is actually the other senior doing this sermon, which is kind of crazy. After all these years, it's cool to work with a guy who is partially responsible for my parents choosing Northside as their home. As for me, I've basically grown up in the church. I went to preschool here, did Sunday school in VBS, and eventually I participated in youth group. There was no shortage of things for me to enjoy here, whether it be as a participant or as a volunteer. And as I look back on my memories of my experiences here, it's fun to see how little things have made such a big difference over the years. I was in a preschool class with some kids, and now our moms are still best friends all these years later. I volunteered in VBS for a bit, and I ended up getting asked to come babysit for one of the kids a few weeks later. At summer camp, I got a letter from the same kid, which was so sweet of her to do, and so much fun for me to receive. That same year at camp, I connected with a girl who also goes to Northside, and she convinced me to come to youth group so we could hang out some more. At youth group, I then met another girl who also goes to my camp, and we found out that our moms supposedly went to that camp at the same time as well. By the way, this camp is in North Carolina, so the fact that this many people both knew about it and went to it is kind of crazy to think about. One of the other people I ended up meeting at youth group was a youth volunteer on last year's confirmation retreat with me, and it was a great experience for both of us to be there for the kids, especially since my own confirmation retreat played such a big part in my faith. Now, thanks to youth group, I have a group of friends that I can rely on, and I'm so thankful for all that this church has done for me. However, it wasn't always as easy as I tried to make it sound. At VBS, I didn't really know that many people, despite having done it for many years. It was still a lot of fun, but I didn't really have a group to hang out with. 
I wondered why I didn't connect with anyone very well. Was I not being friendly enough? Was I too friendly? Did I look weird? Was I annoying? Did I ask too many questions? Maybe. At least, as a volunteer, it was a bit easier, as I was more focused on helping out with the kids than on actually socializing. At the confirmation retreat in seventh grade, I had a really great time, and that was the moment that I recognized this when I truly found Jesus, but, or which, like I said, was an integral part of my faith being how it is today. But during that retreat, I also ended up switching rooms in the cabins we were staying in because in my original room, all of the girls seemed to have known each other since basically birth. They were all talking like they had known each other forever and I didn't even know their names. It was really awkward and I didn't like it and it was not my cup of tea, so I ended up switching rooms. Once I got to youth group, it did get better and as I said before, I finally found a group of friends. For me, it showed that my hard work finally paid off and that God was watching out for me. He could see that I was having a tough time, so he made sure that I reconnected with that girl at camp who ended up convincing me to attend youth group. I think that all of us can relate to this on some level, that feeling of not fitting in and looking to God to help you out. To be fair, there were definitely times that it felt like I was alone and that it was helpless, but at other times, it felt more like I was Jacob, wrestling with God, just trying to figure it all out. From Genesis 32:22 through 32, we learn about how Jacob wrestled with God and how God ended up blessing him and changing his name to Israel, which means wrestles with God. I felt like Jacob many times, and it's been a struggle for me to overcome. Sometimes it feels like we're all stuck in this gigantic food fight that is life, and you can't tell when a cupcake is going to fly in out of nowhere and hit you next. <laughs> I felt like Jacob... Oh wait, sorry. It's unpredictable, and when we wrestle with God, like Jacob did, it becomes even harder, for working against God can be pretty tough, especially since he's doing his best to guide you in the right direction. Sometimes, however, you just have to admit defeat and accept that God knows what is best. After all, he made everything, so why wouldn't he? That's a question I've grappled with before, and it hasn't gotten any easier to answer, especially when I want to make a decision that God probably wouldn't approve of. Besides, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that I'm not always right, despite the fact that I would like to think that I am. Other times, I don't even know what God wants me to do in a situation. Should I go left, right, up, down, forward, backward? I just don't know. Sometimes, thankfully, it's pretty clear, as is the case with this sermon. During last year's Student Sunday, as I sat in the pews listening to the sermons with my mother and grandmother, I turned to them and said confidently, next year, that's going to be me. I'm going to speak at Student Sunday. My mom was a bit apprehensive, reminding me that there were a lot of other talented girls in my grade and that I wasn't necessarily going to be picked. She was still encouraging, as was my grandmother, but I was adamant that I was going to do this. And lo and behold, here we are. But I had all but forgotten that story until my mom reminded me of it after I first got asked to do this. That piece of information was enough to show me that I was meant to do this, because even though I had completely forgotten, others had not, because they knew that this was something important for me to do. But, as we know, life isn't always like that, even though I often wish it was. I mean, wouldn't everything be so much easier if the clouds could just, like, open up and the Lord could give me step-by-step -step instructions in every decision that I ever made? I don't know about y'all, but that would help me out so much, especially since I have to make my college decision soon. In all seriousness, though, as humans, we regularly struggle to live godlike or godly lives. We are human, after all, and we make mistakes. Sometimes, a lot of mistakes. So that's why, instead of trying to wrestle with God, it's so important for us to turn to Him. Even if it's confusing, taking a moment to pray can help because God is always there for us, even if we don't realize it. Just as Jacob did in the passage from Genesis, it is better to admit that we don't always know what's going on. That's God's job, after all. Our job is simply this, trust in Him and try our best to lead a Christ-like life. 
Jesus died for our sins, so it is pretty clear that he truly cares for us and that he wants to help us. So, even though it's hard, and even though it can be confusing, by turning to God when we're unsure, we can begin to lead better lives and grow closer to him. Good morning, my name is Carlton Martin and I'm a senior at Holy Spirit Preparatory School. My parents are Margaret and Chris Martin and I have a younger sister, Mary Meyer, and a twin sister, Grace. I was baptized in Northside with my twin sister, Grace, and Grace and I attended preschool at Northside. I've continued to attend Northside since that time I was confirmed at Northside, and I've been involved with the Metro Atlanta Project for many years. Over the years, I've been involved with multiple Northside sports, including basketball and soccer. I was baptized and confirmed right here in these precepts, and now I'm fortunate to speak here. Fun fact, Mason and I were Dr. Bill and Nate's first confirmation class at Northside. Grace, my twin sister, and I started our education and church experience together, but as time passed, our paths diverged, and that is where I would say my struggle with God began. Genesis 32:26 says that Jacob wrestled with the angel of God, not willing to let go unless you bless me. To understand my struggle with God, and frankly the same struggle for my family, some background history will be helpful for those who do not know my family. My sister Grace and I were born very early, and we both spent time in the neonatal intensive care unit. Me the longest, which is surprising considering that Grace has been diagnosed with mosaic down syndrome and autism. It is hard to describe in words, but from a very early age, I could sense there was something different about Grace. Grace and I attended Northside Preschool together as babies, riding around the church in baby buggies. My parents at that time did not suspect that there were any real issues with Grace until we were toddlers, as Down syndrome was not readily evident early on, since it is mosaic, which means the extra chromosome is not in all of her cells. Grace acted out a lot when we were little, and it was hard for me to understand why. There came a time when the teachers at Northside could no longer handle Grace, so we moved to Peachtree Presbyterian Preschool where they had a special program for children with special needs called the Adaptive Learning Center. Therein began my understanding as best as I could at that age that Grace and I would be on different paths, which was confusing for a preschooler who had spent almost every waking moment with his twin. Life with Grace was tough and it created a stressful environment in our family and I remember thinking, why has God done this to our family? Why does Grace have these issues and why did God allow this? As we got older and elementary and the middle school years, things got really tough. I remember one time our family stopped at a Waffle House to eat dinner on the way to North Carolina to see my dad's family. The car ride was very intense and we thought stopping for dinner might help, might help things, but that was not the case. While we waited for our dinner after ordering, Grace was screaming and laying on the floor. Our entire family ate as quickly as possible so we could get out of there. But out of nowhere comes a blessing from the struggle. When my dad went to pay the bill, the waitress informed us that the family behind us paid our bill. A family which from all appearances did not look like they could afford to pay for their own meal, much less ours. That is a moment I will never forget and has stayed with me as a sign of the blessing that has come to our family through the struggle. When my family and I would attend church, we would drop Grace off in the preschool area and a member of the church would take time out of their own day to watch Grace so my mom, dad, sister, and I could all attend church, which was a true blessing. There were other times Grace escaped from our home. In the special needs world, this is known as an elopement. And I helped my parents search for Grace in our neighborhood. On one occasion, we found Grace huddled in the corner of our neighbor's front porch in the dark. 
Neighbors and friends gathered in our driveway to search for grace. Again, God provided the blessing and helped us find grace. There was another occasion when my grandmother from North Carolina was visiting and Grace somehow snuck out out our front door and was walking down Habersham Road, walking towards his church. And again, God picked up Grace in his loving hands. A member from this congregation who recognized Grace from the church stopped their car and returned her to our home. A church member we did not know and I do not remember the name of. If you are here today, many thanks from the Martin family. There was a weekend I'll never forget when my dad was out of town. Grace was out of control and throwing lamps and hitting my mother. My mom was so concerned about the safety of my little sister and me that she had to call 911. My uncle had to come and pick up my sister and me. Grace was taken out to an ambulance on a stretcher. This is a memory I would like to forget, but again, my uncle who now lives in Wyoming and who at the time traveled for the most part of the year happened to be in town to rescue us. Throughout the journey with Grace, I cannot say that I have not been mad at God and struggled in my faith, but when I prayed, God was there. There have been more occasions than I can count when I said all we can do is pray. And when I've done that, God has answered that prayer and turned what was a struggle into a blessing. This may all sound depressing, but the experience of living with the grace has made me grateful for the simplest things. There were happy times, but I realize now that the hard times and the struggle are what in the end define a person. The experience of being raised side by side with a disabled twin has allowed me to develop into a more self-reliant person. People also tell me that I have a funny sense of humor, and I suspect that comes from trying to see the positive side of things, especially in stressful times. God has blessed me with that sense of humor which has served me well in other areas of my life. As I grew up, I realized that some of Grace's acting out stemmed from her frustration of not being able to communicate. I am grateful I am able to express my feelings and wants. I watch Grace each day and see how hard it is for her to do some of the simplest tasks. Just putting on her socks and shoes in the morning is a struggle for Grace, and yet Grace is blessed. She cannot ask God for those blessings like Jacob, but he blesses her because he knows she cannot ask. But you and I can ask, and we will be blessed according to God's purposes, if only we will ask him. God has truly blessed me and my family with what most people would see as a burden. While attending Camp Seagull or programs at this church, I have found myself helping people who seem to be struggling. And I think that comes from living a life beside someone who has needed support from day one. My family and I live in the struggle, and yet we are blessed beyond comprehension. Grace inadvertently pushes me to be a better person because of her daily influence. Being Grace's twin brother has equipped me with a level of empathy and gratitude I would not have otherwise. I now know to accept people as they are, and I am more aware of people who may not be completely understood for one reason or another. Grace's weaknesses have led to strengthening my acceptance of those who are different. Grace does not complain about her situation, and she is pleased by simple pleasures. This sort of joy is contagious, and I believe has contributed greatly to the development of my character and personality. Grace essentially made me who I am today, but for her, I suspect I'd be a very different person. I've been blessed to have a twin who loves me for who I am, and I am proud to be able to stand up for her for the rest of my life. The world needs more empathy and acceptance, and I can honestly say that my twin sister, along with my family and this church community, have given me those gifts, and for that, I am forever grateful.